I went into business for myself and struggled. And I realized like, it's kind of like the world today, especially America, like struggle makes us better. That downed economy we had built Amazon. That downed yeah. economy came up with Whole Foods delivery. That downed economy changed the music industry where everyone bitched and complained. Opportunity driven people said, wait a second, where's the opportunity here? I believe the world needs to create problems so we as humans solve them. And I think it's a gift from whatever you believe in to create challenges so we grow as human beings and, and evolve. If not, we stay average and life sucks that way. This is episode number 124 with Michael Burnoff. You're listening to American Snippets, the all-American podcast for those looking to dream bigger, live better, and make an impact. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to American Snippets. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's show. My name is Dave Brown. I'm a real estate investor and coach and a co-host here, along with my partner, Gold Star Wife, author and speaker, Barbara Allen. And maybe you've been listening to our podcast for some time now. You have a good understanding of what we're about and what we're doing here and what our mission and purpose is. But many of you on today's show are probably brand new listeners and you're still kind of unsure what to expect each and every week. So I just wanted to remind everyone and clarify for those who are new, you know, what this podcast is about. First and foremost, American Snippets is a patriotic and entrepreneurial mindset-driven interview show that inspires people to go after their American dream and to pursue more out of life. And we do this by featuring real Americans who are doing real things in real life. These are people who prove that the American dream is possible, that with grit and hard work that you can kind of create any life that you choose. And whether they are celebrities, entrepreneurs, military heroes, veterans, business leaders, you know, small town heroes, whatever it is, all of our guests embody the American spirit and prove that the American dream is possible. And at the core of it all, the foundation, the cornerstone, is our commitment to our mission in creating a culture that celebrates America, that celebrates our nation, our freedoms, and the patriotic values that we hold so dear. Because Barb and I believe it's time to come together, united by our love of country to celebrate all the things that make America great. You know, a couple years ago when we started, decided to start this podcast, we were just sick and tired of the divisive society, uh, people lumping uh, politics with patriotism, the victimhood mentality, the outrage and PC culture. We were just sick of it. And so we wanted to be the counterbalance to that, right? The other voice. We wanted to bring a podcast to the world that was all about positivity, possibility, and patriotism. And that's what this podcast is all about. It's all about focusing what's great about, about America. It's about celebrating our freedoms, our opportunities, and all the amazing people in this country who are doing extraordinary things, both in business and everyday life, people who are making an impact and making their communities a better place. Again, that's what this podcast is about. So if you can get behind what we're doing here, if this aligns with who you are and what you're about, you believe in this mission, you believe in this message, then all we do, all we want from you, all we encourage you to do is to join us each and every week to listen in, tell a friend about what we're doing here, help us spread the cause, help us spread the mission, tell more people about this, tell people about the show, 
listen in each and every week, share a favorite episode on social media, and most importantly, take a few minutes after this podcast is over and leave us a review on iTunes or on your favorite podcast app. They go a really long way in helping us get our mission and our message and the stories that we feature here out there in front of more people, right? We're in this together. So without further ado, I want to get into this week's episode with Michael Burnoff. Um, Michael is another exceptional human being. I've met him about, uh, I think, five years ago from my mentor. Uh, I was introduced to him at a mastermind. And Michael Burnoff has spent over 20 years expanding his expertise and understanding the unconscious mind. And today, he is among the leading American experts in communication and influence. He's worked with clients as young as 14 years old and as old as 96 to help them excel far beyond their own expectations in life. And not only that, he's on a mission to help every person who is committed to their own fulfillment to do the same. So listen in as Michael shares his own invisible challenge, how he ignored all the naysayers, and as he drops valuable insight and how to maximize the opportunities in this country by rewiring your brain to leave average behind. So here is Barbara Allen with today's guest, Michael Burnoff. You are listening to the American Snippets Podcast. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of American Snippets. I'm your co-host, Barb Allen. I am here today with Michael Burnoff, and I imagine a lot of you listening are already familiar with Michael and his work, but for those of you who are not, I'm going to give you a little recap. Michael's the founder of Human Connections Communications Institute. I apologize for that. He's a coach and business trainer. He's helped tens of thousands of people all over the world achieve levels of success that once upon a time, they never thought they could achieve. He's done that by incorporating techniques and programs that he studied extensively from other successful people, incorporating them to programs he's done uh, himself and techniques he's developed himself to make it unique and authentic and customized to him and customized to his people. He's making waves across the world. And we are super excited that he's making a wave here in American Snippets to you, to our community today. Michael, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with us. And Barb, I'm thrilled. I love that. Even if we call it the Human Connections Institute, even though it's communication, <laughs> life is about connections. And the fact that people are connected to you and this material is what makes the difference. So I would take that less of a slip. And I'd say that was a big piece of the puzzle. It's your connections that make your life. Yeah, and I think I was just seeing that stuff about you. So there's a Freudian slip there, but thanks for rolling He's connected. With it. He's connected. I, I'm, he's from connected. I'm from Jersey. If you say you're connected from Jersey, that's something else. It, it's I, I've seen <laughs> The Sopranos. I get it. But hey, those are influential guys, and I yeah. teach a life of influence. <laughs> True. All right, Michael. So one of the things I love about you and your message is um, your straight up, no nonsense, average sucks mindset. I think I see yep. that license plate behind you, the shirt. I mean... It's awesome. It is like straight to the point. And I love it because if you're like us, you've probably heard a lot of people talk about how it's impossible to get out of the middle class, how how we're all trapped, how there's like ruts and things that we get stuck in. And the average person is just not equipped to get out. And you just take all of those things and you just crush them. You shake them up and you crush them. You are a middle class person, like most of the people in this country. Yep. I'm a middle-class girl, you know, born and raised that way. Um, so I love, love learning from people like you. Talk a little bit about your background, how like, how you grew up, because now you're well removed from middle-class. Yeah, I'm not, I, when, you, when you said you're a middle-class person, I'm like thinking, I still got hints of that, but I do not right, have right, a, right. 
yeah, don't yeah. have that life. I don't have that life anymore. But yeah. I will tell you, this is interesting because the majority of speakers out there in the world, and I travel a lot. I, I'm less of a speaker and I'm more of a, a present person that talks and shares. There's way better keynotes out there than me, but I'm a, I'm a person that likes to connect back to your word and communicate <laughs> with people. And I grew up with one of probably the biggest challenges out there. You hear a lot of speakers and there is some tragedies out there. Like I am so moved when somebody explains that they were devastated by their parents getting divorced as a child when they were three years old. My parents are still happily married or I will hear about people that lost a limb and, and it's awful. Like, and, they, and you watch people like went through abuse and tragedies. It's amazing. The stories they have are like, I did that. I, I, I accomplished from there. And then you've got the really wealthy people that, you know, dad was Steve Jobs or Bill Gates. And, you know, of course they, they, they did good with it or whatever. But me, I grew up with what I call the invisible problem. And you don't know what's a problem because back in the seventies and eighties, the majority of the world was middle-class and it actually worked Barb back then. I mean, yeah. if you, if you remember being a kid, cause I'm sure you and I are the same age, 29. And my <laughs> wife always says all women live to 29 and stay there forever, forever <laughs> is when it worked back in the day, you worked hard, you were a good person, you saved your money, there wasn't the ability to get a credit card in every corner, you could get ahead, save a couple bucks and have a good life. The challenge is middle class doesn't work anymore. Average used to work with people because we had adversity in the world because things were harder back then. You had to go to the library and get books. You had to, uh, you had to, you know, you got picked on at school and you had to deal with it. You couldn't cry to your parents about it. You, we had adversity because we had to walk places, all, all sorts of stuff. And nowadays life has gotten very, very easy. So human beings don't know how to deal with adversity. So technology met, um, met, the life world coming ahead at the same time that the middle class thing isn't working together. So we're very misled on information. So to answer your question, my background's simple. I, I think you either become your parents or you go the opposite. I love my parents, but I saw what they did and I saw the light at the end of the tunnel. That doesn't work anymore. Work hard, be a good person and just push and hope things change. Doesn't work. You've no. got to do different things. So I educated myself and I wanted to find out what they were doing. My parents always used to say, work hard, be a good person. And then I found out they were not working hard and they were not just being a good person. They were doing something very, very different. And the results they're getting from incredible marriages to more money, to better quality of life, to great friendships, cool vacations, they were doing something very different. And how did you even find that out? Because yeah, I grew up in in that time, and you know, where'd you where'd you grow up, Barb? Where'd you I grew up? up in Orange County, New York. Right. Okay, got it. Um, so yeah, not far. Which from is not days. Orange County, California. Not Orange County, California. No, we're Orange County choppers. That's what everybody says when they hear about us. Um, so, but you know, like I remember, my guidance counselor had some brochures in his office, and that's how we were supposed to pick a college, right? So, um, how did you, like, how did you get past that? Because I remember just. Like I never even knew, like the world was flat, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> so Ac like accident, yeah, accident, a, a major accident. So I'm a, I'm a girl, I went to high school in the late eighties, early nineties. Right. And when all the kids, um, they didn't know what to tell anybody was wrong with them. Cause we loved MTV generation. So yeah, yeah. we used to be go to bed with radio. I used to listen to like Madison square garden radio at night <laughs> to my Rangers. Right. And MTV comes along and we became very ADD ridden society because here are teachers teaching auditor auditorially, but we became visually stimulated. So they're like, what the hell do we do with these kids? They have ADD. So when my guidance counselor said, we've got to find you a program, you with ADD, they were supposed to send me to the University of Arizona, which had a great ADD department. And my parents 
were, were driven to Arizona State, which is the wrong school to send a kid with ADD. I wound up graduating from the wrong school. But while I was there, my college roommate's dad, of all people, and I'll give this guy Harvey full credit for it. He was um, the president or the CEO of a company called Super 8 Developers, you know, Super 8 Hotels. Mm-hmm. Um, they owned a couple hundred properties. He looked at me in the eyes. He goes, Michael, you should go into business. And I remember going down to the business school at Arizona State and they laughed at me like, you're never going to get into business. But he put a thought in my head. So even after I failed out of school my first year, I, I got to come back to school, but I like, I, I, I was nicely told go to junior college for a year because by my parents and everyone else. And I had a class and it was in sales and business. And what happened was that the, the guy said to me, is he said, you can read any book you want um, from this list. And it was everything from like the like wealth of nations to um, how to you know, get ahead in business, how to use a graph. And one was how to run friends and influence people. And that was the first book I ever read that got me to realize you can learn your way better. You're not stuck with who you are. And I believed up to that point in my life you are what you are and you'll be that forever unless you work really hard. And I had no idea you could learn from other people how to get, get where you want to go faster. So what was your next move then out after college? Did you jump right into like a entrepreneurship? Right, no, right I never into had a job. Yeah. I never had a job. Okay. I, I got bit by that thing. I, I, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I, yeah. I'm psychologically unemployable. I wouldn't be very good working for someone else. Yeah. And I got bit by the bug. I had a couple jobs out of upstate New York, Hornell Brewing Company, Arizona Iced Tea was my internship in college. You know Arizona Iced Tea? Yeah. Who does Talk about marketing. Yeah. It, it, nobody Everybody it was knows. called Brooklyn Tea. It's yeah. Arizona. So it like sounds like you should drink it, right? So that was my <laughs> internship. And then I wanted a business for myself and struggled. And I realized like, it's kind of like the world today, especially America, like struggle makes us better. That downed economy we had built Amazon. That downed yeah. economy came up with Whole Foods delivery. That downed economy changed the music industry where everyone bitched and complained opportunity driven people said, wait a second, where's the opportunity here? I believe the world needs to create problems. So we as humans solve them. And I think it's a gift from whatever you believe in to create challenges. So we grow as human beings and and evolve. If not, we stay average and life sucks that way. Yeah, I think that's a really good point that you it's very easy to get locked in on all these perceived problems and create them bigger and bigger for ourselves when something like really comes along, like a significant problem, all that other stuff just fades away. And I think maybe that's what happened in the country and the economy. Like you said, everybody was so obsessed and focused on all these little things, but then that crash happened and it just gave everybody new perspective and it was like a clearing ground and people just had to rise again and learn from it. It's like, it's like life. I mean, if you look at a relationship, no good relationship, no phenomenal relationship doesn't have ups and downs. Because if you think of like our inability to deal with the ups and downs of life is why we have a challenge in the world today. Like you and I have a relationship and then you get bothered and then we rebuild it again. And then I have a problem and we rebuild it. And then it's like, it's the building and the destroying that makes things stronger, not the consistent like, oh, this is great and everything's great and Pollyanna. It's like really great businesses make it through shit. Really yeah. great marriages make it through. Like if you can have a kid <laughs> and be married and find a way to make that work, you can make it through anything. Yeah. Especially you a can. teenager. I have a teenage girl. I get it. It's not the easiest thing. Dude, I have four boys. Four boys. They're, they're, yeah, thank you. <laughs> okay, I don't know why. I don't know which is more challenging or both. Four boys and me. Yeah, so it's been interesting. Um, how, how old are they? 
now they're older. Now they're old. They're like 20, 19, 18 and 16. But, you know, they taking care of you. Uh, they have their own way. They have I get it. Way. I get it. I don't want them to take care of me. I don't want them to think they have to take care of their mom. That's like the last generation. Right. I want to show them that, you know, mom's got it. Right. You don't have to mom does care. have it. Yeah. Mom's got it going on. OK, so. I, I saw something um, in one of your interviews, I think, or an article I read because I really dove deep into you. I don't know if you like felt that. I did. Like I, somebody's I like, man, right? like, she, who's creeping in me? She's after me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was. But one of the things I, I, that you commented on is that you have worked with people and we're going to circle back in a second and talk about exactly what you work. Remember, with I have ADD. On. You can circle 80 okay. circles. Are perfect. Perfect. So we're going to dance good. And hopefully your audience is not too linear. Nope. I think they're cool. They know us by now. They roll with us. But I have seen that you've worked like with a 14 year old and like a 92 year old. Like, is that, is that for real? Or were you just like exaggerating the the age band or the people that you've worked with? I think it's a lie. The oldest client I had is 96, 96, 90, yeah. totally fired up that guy. I work That's with 14 year olds too. I work with, if you have a 14 year old, I have a couple of clients that I work with, which are two or three of the biggest YouTube stars in the world. So we work with every gamut of human being as long as they're willing to change that is so fun and exciting I'm like, I, and you just have to like shift mind gears and mindsets and like over and over so do you have certain people that work with certain age brackets or certain or is it certain discipline how does that work i don't know why i find this so fascinating well because i mean here's the thing so there isn't much difference in a 14 or 96 year old I, I here's a plug for something i watched the mr rogers movie the other day oh yeah yeah and, and he goes he said this profound thing and I don't know how to be as calm as him, but like it was actually one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. Cause he was my childhood. Yeah. And he said, as a parent, he said it like in that voice, like as a parent, yeah, yeah, you're doing good. <laughs> the key is to remember you were a child once too. And if you think about it, if you can get in the head of the other person and take a moment, like I, I work with a lot of people that have dealt with PTSD before and a lot of people that I've helped deal with problems. And a lot of it is people see things in first person. So if you have trauma in your life, and that's one thing I deal with is people see it first person, like they're having it happen to them over and over again, the abused, yeah. someone that had something, it's like over and over again, it's over and over again, over and over again. And when people get past it, they're able to see from a third perspective. So beautiful if I can get in your shoes, but wouldn't it be wonderful if like, I was over here watching us have this conversation. I could evaluate both of us together. So one of the first things I do is like, what's really going on here? Like, I got a 14-year-old boy. Have I been 14? Do I know any 14-year-olds? How is he or she reacting to me right now? Do I, do I, have I dealt with this before? So one of the greatest ways, because I believe that communication is the most underdeveloped and underutilized asset that we have as human beings to getting anything we want in this world. And one of my missions in this world is to teach human beings to go to communication before drugs, alcohol, before divorce, before uh, picking up a gun to shoot somebody. Well, meaning if you want to, someone that, I don't want to get right. a weird we get conversation, weird conversation <laughs> with that. There may be a time you need to think that through, but you, right, you right. know where to go where I'm going with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but the end of the day, um, the end of the day is that communication is an answer for people. And I don't think most people recognize it. So I, I think a lot of times, Sometimes we have trouble with a 96 year old because we don't know where they're coming from. And we filter it through our own shit instead of through what they're really dealing with. So what does, um, what's the scope of, of issues or challenges that people come to you for solutions or help to like, what is it they say, Michael, I need help training in this. And what is it that you are skilled at? What, what is it that you teach? 
I teach communication and influence, and that is such a wide variety yeah. of, it's like self-defense. It's like the most wide variety of self-defense is fitness. It's how to defend yourself. It's how to not have to fight. It's how it's, it's, it's how to avoid bullies, everything. So I teach communication and influence. That is my biggest modality that I teach. So I would say the majority of people have the biggest challenge dealing with is they know what they need to be doing. They know what they want to be doing, but for some reason, they're not doing it. Whether it's a guy trading for a Spartan race that wants to do better, to a professional athlete that I work with, to a guy that wants to be in the movies, to a business owner, to somebody that that just came home from Iraq and they're saying to themselves, how do I uh, reassimilate with what's going on in the world? To somebody that's saying, um, I, have a, I have a client right now running for office uh, in Tennessee currently. Um, you can look up if you want to figure out who that person is. He's running for office. Fantastic. And uh, he wants to make a difference. He likes the way things are going on in the world, but he feels they could be better. And he wants to assist the current regime and making it even better. And it's very, very exciting watching. That's all communication in here and out here. Yeah. Did you ever think like, isn't it cool if you stop to think like growing up back in your childhood in that middle-class neighborhood where the majority of America grows up, isn't it cool that you wound up here like and it's not by accident it's not like you just woke up i know and you were here but like could you ever have envisioned this when you were i, I didn't know this but yeah. my, my wife and i were back at my parents house and we like we were looking through yeah. uh, old boxes and she found this like time magazine article that i made when i was five so one of the projects we had was draw our face and i was like that was crazy <laughs> that i made for myself right yeah. and it's a time and it said it made me as a doctor i spend my life helping people make their lives better. I At didn't five years a, old. No, forgive me, fifth grade. Oh, fifth I didn't grade. become a doctor, but I do spend my life making people's lives better. And that picture to this day, I mean, that was who knows why, who knows what, who knows what triggered inside of me, but that is the purpose of my life to make people's, to leave people better than I found them. Love it. And I see um, you practice kind of like a, a healthy lifestyle, fitness, health, yep. wellness, all that stuff. Um, and so in your, in your company, because your family, you said often comes in and works with you and yep. your kids are there and all this, yep. do you expect or require whatever the word is? I'm looking for communications. I could use some help with, I think, yep. um, You're doing good. <laughs> you know, your employees or your staff or anybody to also practice like kind of the clean, healthy lifestyle. Does that matter to you? Um, all right. So here's the thing. Lentils for lunch, they cook in the kitchen. So lentils for lunch. Um, we, have a, we have a code the way that we live around here. I mean, my wife has, Deborah, she has, uh, I think they're doing 22,000 burpees this year, the company, uh, individually. I don't know if you know what a burpee is, but- um, I know what a burpee is. Yeah, yeah. most people won't do a 10 in their life. <laughs> um, they do on the hour- somewhere about 30 every hour. They're knocking out a couple hundred a day, almost the whole team. <laughs> if you can't do that, you do squats and stuff. Cause if you don't challenge your body, you don't grow. So it's part of our company culture that we do around here. I play hockey three days a week. I bought a building literally a block from the ice rink. So my daughter figure skates there. I play hockey three days a week and I train with the neuro gym next door. Of course you do. Yeah. I mean, who does it? That's, that's just awesome. It is so cool. In the middle yeah. of the day, I play hockey. Yeah. Who's better than that, right? But I mean, that's just another thing that it, it's like, it's, I keep harping on this because I know so many people, even people come to me and I am like not up where you are, right? But people come to me and say, how do you do all those things? Like it's mind blowing to them, right? So um, I love to to talk and remind people that anybody can achieve any of that stuff. And whether it's hockey or um, 
you know, working out or whatever they're passionate about. Anybody can build that life. 100%. That they have that freedom to do those things and still do it in a meaningful way. Um, you just got to grind to get there. And there's so many different paths to take to get there. There's so many different paths. And how important is it to you to help people find that right path? Because, you know, I mean, do you have people come to you um, for help or for service or for education? And do you have, have you ever looked at someone and said, you know what, I don't think that you're ready for this yet, or you need to go back and work on X, Y, and Z, and then come see us in six months? Or are you able yeah. to help somebody like from the ground up like no matter where I, we, we we work with people from where they're at and help them get where it is they need to go i will tell you um a lot of times people think they need to force themselves to do things i'm not into the forcing role i trust me it takes dedication we're up figure skating with my daughter this morning and i'm not that parent but she wants to be in the holiday show and literally there's four weeks she has the week off of school 6 a.m we get up a seven-year-old and we're at the rink freezing cold at 7 a.m this morning um, she does not need to do that, but she knows if she wants to be in the holiday show three days in a row, 7 a.m. private session this morning for three days, she has to do that if she wants to be in it. So there's a time you have to work hard and then there's this. So if you understand the way the brain works, synapses go on off in the brain. So I used to work, attempt to work out. And there was a time in my life I worked out really, really well because I was young, people worked out. Girls like guys that worked out all the time. I need to defend myself because I played hockey. And then I'm like 33 years old. I'm not working out, right? Well, I thought about like my original reasons for working out was I'm married. So impressing people is not what I need to be doing. And it's not my thing. Number two is I don't need to defend myself anymore because I'm six foot six and nobody's really going to mess with me anymore, right? <laughs> um, the next thing is, uh, the next thing, I'm not really part of a team like that anymore. So I realized that working out resembles something I say I'm going to do that I don't do. It's an outdated concept. So you know what I do right now? I don't work out. I train. And by changing the word, train means it's like a neural pathway, something you work towards. Workout means avoid, hate, horrible, hard. So my brain avoids working out. Why would I fight that? Instead, I train. So I started training for Spartan races, which is kind of like working out. Just don't tell my brain. And I ran a trifecta. I had like these, I'm six foot six. I'm not supposed to run. I'm not supposed to run a twin uh, a 15 mile race right <laughs> i'm not supposed to do climb a rope i never climbed a rope in my life but i'm telling you this because by changing one word in my vocabulary i went from never running a mile to running a 10 miles every saturday and sunday for a year that is great is there anybody is there um any kind of client like in terms of like corporate or private or personal like could you have any track that you that you most prefer to work with or do you just Love it all, Do you just get into it. I, I love human beings that want to make a difference yeah. in the world that are committed to the quality of their life. I tend to work with entrepreneurs the most because or entrepreneurial mindset. And you could have yeah. a job at a corporate company, but you have that mind. Like, I want to make this company better. If you're someone that's like cool with status quo, because the average sucks is not I'm better than you. Right. Average sucks means you have an average. The way that you live, are you being all of you? Or are you only being your average? And if most people, like a guy said to me years ago, how tall are you? And I said, I'm six, six. He goes, why don't you start to act like it? He goes, you're acting five, nine. And it was like a boom. I'm like, yeah. oh. and then I recognize like, that's the average thing. So I work with anybody who says, you know what? I'm willing to learn. I'm care about the quality of my life. I'm committed to it. I'm also committed to making this world a better place. If you're a bitch or complainer, whiner, go somewhere else, go see a therapist, let them get, let them relive your life 50 times. I I'm in the business of healing. Awesome. And I know you help people in a variety of ways they can do. Like you have a series of events that 
you yep. are involved in or that you run or you do the one-on-one uh, for certain people. And every month you have a call to action. You want to tell yes. people what, what that is and how they can check it out. Yeah. I mean, call to action is incredible. I mean, you can easily check it out. I think it's uh, michaelburnoff.com forward slash C2A, I believe for C, the number two A, I believe it is. And that is, I've been doing that for 17 years, believe it or not. It is five days on what makes human beings do what they do, how to get yourself to do what you want. We all ask the question, why am I not doing what I know to be doing? And in five days, my guarantee is simple. You get more done in five days than you have in five months. And I've been promising that, promised that to about 50,000 people in 17 years. And nobody's ever come back and asked for a refund because literally I get people doing things they couldn't even imagine. And you don't even have to leave your house. Connect with us and our team over the phone, five days, kick your butt, hold your hand and help you get where you want to go. So if you ever wanted an introduction to what makes life work and what makes human beings work, give me a Sunday night for a couple hours. Give me four, give me a couple hours a day for four days in the morning or the night, move your schedule around for four days. I'll, I guarantee we'll get more results than your coach, than your, than your therapist, than your person at the gym. And you will be doing things you couldn't imagine. And we don't even have to see each other face to face. And is that for anybody, like anybody sitting, whether they have the nine to five job or they're a mom home with a bunch of kids and they've never tried anything, they have no idea what they want to do right on up to somebody who's already running a super successful company and just wants to hone it a little sharper. All of these people have something to to I've had billionaires take the class literally with a B, two or three of them over the years. I can't say I have a ton of them, but two or three is pretty good. Most people don't (laughs) know any. Two or three is pretty good. I've had movie stars take the program. I've had people that run publicly traded companies, uh, brand new entrepreneurs, moms about to pop because got a baby popping out here any minute. Like three weeks later, like, I think I could take the class, got a baby coming. I've had um, college kids, high school kids, my own children, my little one at seven listens in the background. And my, um, my Tara, who's 18 years old now has taken the course by a hundred times just by default being in the house. So we have literally (laughs) taken every type of person through this program. And it's just meant for anybody who you're sick of uh, being where you're at and you're, you, you, you know, give me a shot for four days of your life and you will be shocked what you can do. Not what I can do, what you can do. Yeah, that's cool. Um, do they ever look at you like, to, because you know, you're their dad, right? You're their dad. Yep. And I'm sure they find, they think you do dorky things. Maybe I'm or crazy. You, you annoy them. Yeah. Crazy. Do they ever think it's like bizarre? Like if you get recognized in public or they see you on stage in front of thousands of people or. I think they think it's pretty know. cool. Yeah. My oldest likes it because some of the clients we work with now are people that she's admires online. So she'll see me with somebody like, Oh my gosh, I know that person. Can you introduce me to that person? Or, you know, we're walking backstage at Comic-Con and we're meeting all of her little Avenger people she wants to meet. Cause I know people that know those things. So they think it's cool. Um, but I tell them we want to help people. Like I, I have to leave my kids to go do this event. I have to leave my family, my wife and I, you know, we work together. We have to leave the family. So they've known since a young age and maybe we brainwash them to say, Daddy and mommy have to make people's lives better. That's our job in this world. So can we have time? Do you mind? We'll spend time later. So they know that that's our our purpose. Nice. Is there something, a little piece of advice or a nugget of wisdom you can offer people? You know, Dave and I, we work together. Um, and I know that it can be challenging to, to work and live with your partner, you know, your yeah. spouse, your other half. Is there any kind of like hurdle that you've got through that you wish you'd had a little nugget of influence or seen it coming or some little tip you can give to people who, um, who do that? I mean, because not, it, it can either blow up a marriage yeah. or it can make it stronger. Right. Um, yeah. how can you, how can it 
help make it stronger? Like, it's a loaded it? question. I feel like I should ask my wife to come in from the other room to answer, <laughs> answer the question. She's welcome. Bring yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can, I can, yeah. I can bring her on. Um, yeah. The, the answer to the question is pretty simple. We've been working together, Deborah and I, when we first met. Um, she came from a background, I married a preacher's kid, which is really interesting. So she's been around helping people her entire life, which is super cool. And she's just really dedicated. She has her way, I have my way. And like, if you let people be who they are, we have, we have a sign downstairs, the office from Fritz Pearls. And, and it's hard to do. One of my favorite quotes is, um, I do my thing, you do your thing. I'm not in this world to live up to your expectations. and You're not in this world to live up to mine. If for some, if, if we meet, if we, if we meet some, if we meet, um, it's it basically, I can't even do the rest of the quote right now, but it doesn't really matter. But bottom line is we're here to do our own thing. And if we could find a way to navigate life where we actually let people be who they are, and it's not easy. Like she knows I do my crazy thing before I get started. I let her do her thing when she does it. And we work together as a team and we all have our own stuff. So one of those is like, accept people for who they are and really let them be that. We want people to be usually more like us because we think we're right instead of like, you know, what, what is the value this person brings? And my wife can do literally anything. She has her way and I have my way. So we have to like literally do our own thing. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm and, very familiar with that. Yes. And <laughs> when we do that, our yeah. own thing, yeah. um, it works. She's got her job and I have mine and, and we, we, do, we do our own stuff. And, and it's when, it, when, we, when we allow ourselves to be ourselves, the relationship grows and the business grows. What is one of the things that you first achieved, some milestone you hit, where you really started to grasp the significance and the impact that you were having and you were about to have? When I would like the first one or yeah, one of the very first times that it started to, you'd be like, oh my God, like I just, look what I just did. Like, you know, where maybe you even surprised yourself a little bit. I learned how I studied back in the day, some communication technologies that I learned how to remove a phobia from somebody and remove a traumatic experience like from their head. And I, and I, you don't know, you can do something until you go out and do it. And literally watching someone explain something that devastated them three minutes earlier to three minutes later going, so how does Bill make you feel now? Bill, who? And watching that going, wait a second, how many more people out there are dealing with these tragedies? Because I heard about them and realizing, accepting the power that was inside of me, that was really huge. So I know it's a big far-fetched thing, but I've done that for thousands of people. Now I had a guy the other day at one of my events. It's like, I just, I just practice and learn. Like I had a quick conversation with him in front of 400 people. The guy's been chewing two tins of red man or skull. I don't even know what it is. It smells, right? For, um, 20, 30 years, two a day. I had one conversation because I knew how to work with him. And he gave it up for 14 minutes, an hour, a day of the event, two days of the event. It's been three and a half weeks now. He's touched it once and almost threw up. That's the first time in almost 30 years. And I'm like, how many other people can we touch? How many other people can we rewire their brain? Because they think addiction means addiction, or they think end is over, or they don't realize, think divorce is this and helping people reframe stuff. So when I started to recognize, and then when you help somebody you've known a long time, like helping a stranger, you can be anybody you want with a stranger, right? Having a college roommate come to your event who knows every ins and outs and change his life, or having a high school friend that you that knew all your goofy shit you did in high school, come to one of my events 20 years later and their life transforming. That's 
that's mind blowing. So that that's where that began. And now we're just stepping it up a level, stepping it up a level. And I love it. If you come prove me wrong and I'll, I'll, that's okay. You get to be right. And yeah, it's just funny now where it's, it's fascinating. I know it sounds crazy what I'm telling you, but no, it doesn't. Life. It doesn't. I love it. And that's the thing. Dave's um, seen me, Dave's seen me do this stuff live. Yeah. Um, and you know, because in your bio, somewhere in your bio, it says motivational speaker. And I know the biggest thing I laugh about is because I had that tacked in, in my list of things. And my, one of my friends looked at me and he's like, Oh my God, bar. I, I had, I actually hadn't had that tacked in yet. I was saying what I did. And he's like, Oh my God, bar. He's like, you're a motivational speaker. And he was almost like nauseated at it. I'm like, you're a freaking criminal defense attorney. Like what do you yep. call me? Which right? is also a motivational speaker. <laughs> yes. It's a motivational speaker. Um, and so when you just went into that and explained exactly it, like that's, that's the magic behind it. Like people put so much weight on words and they're so quick to dismiss it, but it's more than being a motivational speaker. Like what you just explained is literally the power and the impact behind it that makes it so impressive. And not anybody has that ability to do it in that way, you know? So that's just awesome and amazing. That I'll, I'll say it like this. I'm not a motivated speaker. I'm not even that motivated all the time. Yeah. I just is. get myself to do things that I know I need to do when I need to, yeah. which is a form it's of motivation. Yeah. I understand what motivation is. It's the ability to get yourself to take action or get yourself to take action when you need to. So a lot of the time, my wife is more driven than me. I just know how to drive myself when I need to drive myself and in, in a very specific way. So people expect me to jump around all the time. I mean, shoot, if I could sleep until 10, I'll sleep until 10. If I feel like it, I'll stay up till three in the morning. I'm not, I'm not this magical creature. What I do understand that most people don't understand is I understand what makes people do what they do, including myself. So if I need to turn it on in a certain area or get good at something quickly, I figured that out. So I know this thing, the yeah. mind, I've spent... 20 years understanding the unconscious mind where all the power is. You could have willpower. I have unconscious mind. I'll beat you anytime. Yeah, I don't doubt it. You're just scared. And me. I don't mean you. I, I don't mean you in particular. <laughs> well, I just point right at me. Yeah, I know. I'm like, okay, you win. Okay. Not you. Yes. <laughs> all right. So you've traveled all over the world doing what you do and helping people yep. build businesses and achieve their goals. And all this. Do you see any differences or like pros and cons to or lessons taken from other countries that can be applied in this country? Like, what's the difference in, like, what would you say to people who um, talk about this country and say, like, all the reasons why nothing is possible in this country or all the reasons? Okay. I had a college roommate from Dahran, Saudi Arabia. Not a roommate, a guy lived down the hall, so I, I was wrong. Dahran, Saudi Arabia, which is basically where all basically Americans live and they worked for Ramco back in the day. It was like, um, it was all the, it, so he worked over there and he goes, America's so weird. I grew up over there. I'm American but I grew up over there. If you tell a Saudi you don't like Saudi, you get knocked out. You tell an American, they start bitching with you, right? So I think we have lack respect for what it is that we're doing. We lack respect for ourselves, for our economy, for the opportunities that we have. You don't have to buy into all the nonsense. Yes, there is marketing that goes on. Yes, who knows what Google's up to. Yes, there's people listening. Yes, I don't know why or what. I don't want to get into the nonsense, but you pick your conversation and give an example here real quick. I, um, kids get bullied, right? And when my daughter was younger, she was dealing with like, the kids were like, that started that bully phase. Some kids are bullied this week, some next week. And then when we come to our events, kids learn, wait a second, you don't have to be sign up for the I'm bullied part, okay? You can be the person that doesn't get bullied. And, or you could sign up to be the bully. So I've realized all jobs are available. The opportunist, 
the person that changes America, the person that bitches about America, the person that uh, involved in a really great conversation. But I will tell you, the easiest conversations to have are about other people and complaints. They're easy. They take no effort at all. Growth conversations, the one that Bezos has of Amazon, which people complain about, the ones that our president has, no matter who president it is, they, they have growth conversations. They are right. not sitting complaining about the person next to them. They, they are paid the big bucks time-wise. I don't care who it is in office or any type of government anywhere. If they're doing their job right, it's bigger, better. How do we change this? What do we do? This is out here is the magic. The little conversation is complaints. It's about people. It's about who's doing something wrong. It's harder. I asked my 18-year-old this the other night. I go, why do, why, why, do, why do people complain? She goes, it's easy. She goes, it's really hard to have a new thought. But if you can have one, you can change the world. And I think that's what America that's lost. Cool. Yeah. That's from my 18-year-old. That's amazing. And yeah. it's amazing. She's an amazing yeah. kid. And Tara, and that's what she wants to do. She's going to film school right now. She wants to change the world, make inspirational films. And what's, what's fascinating is I think people forgot how to think big. Like out Little House in the Prairie, man. Pa was not. Th- I make my kids watch that because it's like that was. <laughs> I life. wasn't allowed to watch it. My parents wouldn't let me watch. Please, it. Nelly stepped up. She got popped. <laughs> oh okay? no, my parents didn't like that. But go ahead. You know the, I digress. You know, why, you know why the show is so great? <laughs> you know why the show is so great? Because Pa never complained about having trouble going to the gym. Life was hard. Yeah. Accept it. It's not going to be easy. But the question is, what are you going to do about it? So I don't know if that answers your question. I just think that human beings have to learn how to have bigger conversations. And when you catch yourself complaining or talking about people and stuff versus bigger, all my wealthy friends that I know, we talk about ideas, life-changing concepts, what we could do that's bigger, what book they have coming out, what they read. I have 3,000 books in my library. Most people have 3,000 episodes watched. Don't get me wrong. I watch Netflix and I like shows, but I'm very selective what I let in here. Nope. And that is um, a common theme that I hear. And I think it's so important to hear it over and over and over again, because it takes people hearing the message over and over and over again. But you all can't be wrong, right? Like so many successful people say the same thing. And I think it's important to say that over and over. Um, I'll I'll say it like this. I don't know if it was Tolstoy who said it. I'm just going to give Tolstoy credit. Somebody said somewhere, (laughs) there's about four ways to make a family work. And there's about a thousand things that don't work. There's only four things that happy, successful people do, or maybe five. And there's a gazillion things you can do wrong. You just got to find out the four or five things you're doing. The funniest, they're all doing the same four or five things. It's true. It's true. And this, that's something that I learned, you know, the hard way over the years. And so that's why I love getting to speak to people like you. I can't believe I get to, to do it all the time. You got a cool job. I do. I, do. I want to know who else you're talking to. I do. I do. It's there. We'll show you. We'll show you. We'll show you our lineup. It's great. Um, so I think we spoke quickly before we started this interview about why we do what we do and how important the American dream to us, yep. what we believe in it. But I think a common misperception, people think why they so easily dismiss it is because they believe that we're trying to say the American dream is one thing, cookie cutter for everybody, when in fact, it's the opposite, right? The American dream means something very different to anybody you ask. Yes. So now I'm asking you, what does the American dream mean to you? The American dream is the opportunity to be yourself. Now, granted, it is not, it becomes a nightmare as soon as you want to make it be about someone else, but it's really nice to wake up in the morning and not have to do anything. You really don't. And that's the funny thing is you really don't have to do anything. You only have to go to work to the level of crap you want to own and stuff you think you need. Okay. And difference you want to make in the world. So what's really wonderful is like, we live in a world 
that says whatever you want to do or be, go have at it for the most part. Now, can it, there's, 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 there's this and not everything's perfect, but I would say with a 90% accuracy of what I'm saying, if you want to wake up tomorrow and be a very average Joe, that is a very average job that can bitch and complain and every once in a while get ahead, you can do that. And if you want to start making movies, you can't promise you're going to make a lot of money, but if you want to start make uploading things to YouTube, there's countries you can't even do that. There's countries you can't even speak your mind. And yes, you may be getting listened to here and there. And yes, there's stuff going on, but I'm not going to get into that conversation. I'm just saying, if you want to go be you, you can figure it out. I got clients that are 36 years old. They wind up I want to be a doctor. They find a way, they borrow the money, they figure it out, they get it. They're 42 years old, they're a doctor. Where else are you going to do that? So it's not just opportunity financially, it's a chance to do a lot of things you want to do. And if you don't like one of your state's politics, move to a different state. Nobody's making you stay. You're like, I don't like what they're doing in that state, but they got water in that state. Go to Florida, go to California, go to Washington, you know, go to go to Michigan's got water. Does that make sense? So like what a wonderful thing we have here. I, I believe we have everything here and the ability to visit anywhere else because we have New York and San Francisco airports allow you to visit anywhere else in the world. So that's my, my thing is I think it's wonderful. And whatever level you want to play, you can play it. And whatever you want, you can get. You just got to ask yourself how dedicated you are to getting it. Love it. Thank you. Man, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and talk with us today. Remind yeah. everybody where they can come find you and find out more about you and your programs well, and connect with you. I'd love that. I mean, I, you can always find me at michaelburnoff.com. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. I believe we're on Instagram. I know I'm on Instagram because I'm posting stuff. And I follow you. Yeah. Um, yeah. You follow, you're following yeah. me, which is great. <laughs> uh, Twitter, we're not on that much. Um, I also know like if you're watching this or listening right now and like you're one of those people that's like, okay, sounds great, Michael. I like your attitude. I made a little something because I believe everything's about momentum. You heard this and you're like, okay, great, Michael, I'm fired up. What do I do? So I made a little, little game for anybody. If you're real serious about it, I put together a little training. It's about 30 minutes. I call it momentum coaching. It's how to create momentum in your life. You don't even need me to be there. So I made it textable. So you can just get out your phone and I'll give you a number real quick. And I'll do it slow. It's 480. Okay. Uh, it's 480-800-8051. It's 480 480- 800-8051 and just text the word momentum. You'll get a text back. You can save it in your phone. You can even communicate with us there. And we'll send you access to a really, really cool audio and a video on how to create momentum in your life. And it's something you can do at home, do it with your kids and help you really kick the crap out of your current average and get where you want to go. So if you're serious about that, again, 480-800-8051 and follow the little prompts, get out your phone, do it now. And um, I'm excited to work with you. All right, everyone, that wraps up another episode of American Snippets. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you got any value out of today's episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. I'd like to personally thank Michael Burnoff for being here today and sharing his story. Please share this podcast with a friend, uh, share it on social media, and again, leave us a review on iTunes. Let us know what you thought, and we would really appreciate it. If you want to learn more about Michael Burnoff, watch the full video interview and check out the full featured article we did on him. Just go to americansnippets.com. It's a featured article of the week. Uh, We'll include social media links. Uh, to his Instagram, Facebook, and his website as well. So you can learn more about his products and services. Uh, We appreciate you being here today. Now go out there and show the world how exceptional you truly are. We'll see you next week.